So you're thinking about getting into UX design. UX design can be an incredibly challenging, incredibly rewarding, very well-paid, exciting career. But it's not for everyone. Being a UX designer is often challenging, especially if you're in an organization that doesn't fully appreciate the value that a good UX team can bring. So stick around and we'll see if a career in UX design is right for you. What's up, UX fam? How's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I'm super stoked to have you. If you haven't done it already, consider liking, subscribing, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are regular here and you feel like you're getting some out of the show, I would appreciate a five-star review. That'll help me out way more than you can imagine. And of course, if you think this show is worth sharing, I'd love it if you told some friends. So why are you thinking about getting into UX design? What is it you're hoping to achieve? Lots of you out there are switching careers or you're just starting out in your UX journey. You may have heard various experts online talking about how well-paid it is, and maybe you stopped right there. Maybe you're interested in design, you think it sounds cool, all those dribble shots look really impressive, and you want to be able to do that too. Maybe you just like the idea of solving problems. The problem is that UX design is often misunderstood by a lot of organizations. And maybe it's because we have the term designer in our title, so everybody just thinks that our job is to make ugly interfaces pretty. At least that's been my experience. Before we get into it, I want to say that this is really going to be the underpinning for all of the soft skills that we're going to talk about in this show. All the stuff that I'm going to talk about simply highlights why those soft skills are important. And namely that UX maturity is very, very low in most organizations. I don't think it serves anyone to focus on the cool stuff that comes along with being a UX designer and ignore how much bullshit we tend to have to put up with on a regular basis. Now, I really don't want to give the impression that it's all bad. It really is an amazing, challenging job. It's often well-paid. And for those of you who can put up with some of the crap that I'm about to talk about today, if you can stick it out, I think you're going to love it. But be warned that it isn't all sunshines, rainbows, and design sprints, and people gloating over your high-fidelity Figma prototype and all those fancy micro-interactions you spent hours perfecting. Most engineers are going to take one look at that, they're going to ignore it, and they're going to build to suit whatever acceptance criteria was in the user story. As UX designers, our problems tend to start out with the fact that many organizations have what we call low UX maturity, which means they don't really know how to use UX teams to their maximum potential. So we're often given some solution by a product team or a stakeholder, and we're asked to, like I said, just make it pretty. We already figured it all out. And lots of times, we're not even treated as partners helping to solve problems. Instead, a lot of times we're just given solutions and we're simply expected to make them look better and that can be extremely frustrating. So it takes the right kind of person to be able to come in there, get things done in a way that brings real value to our users. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. This assumption that UI and UX are the same, that UX is really just pretty visual designs. I can't speak for all boot camps, but I have talked to a number of people coming out of boot camps and obviously not all of them are the same. Not all of them have had the same experience, but many times I see people coming out of boot camps with this sort of procedural idea of UX. You do this thing, then you do this other thing, then you do the next thing, and then you end up with good software somehow, magically. And unfortunately, I think a lot of those types of experience give the wrong impression of what UX really is, and it leads to people getting a job and either not knowing what they're doing or getting a job and having it not be at all what they expected. Or worse yet, they can't even get a job because they really weren't prepared for the career to begin with. So let's talk about boot camps. 
Before I get into this, I don't want to disparage boot camps. I think they can do a lot for you if you get the right one, or even if you get the right instructor at the wrong boot camp. I've seen people come out of them with a pretty good working understanding of the profession at a very high level, and I've seen people come out of this with basically no understanding of the core principles of design. There are hundreds of different boot camps out there, so it is really, really hard to generalize, so I really don't want to give them all shit. But I just want you to be aware that some of them can really just be money-making scams, so please do your homework before you hand over thousands and thousands of dollars. There is no accreditation There's no way to prove that these places are legitimate. It is not like a real school. Please be aware of that. First of all, no one can promise or guarantee you anything. If you think you can go into a six-month boot camp and come out of it a senior or lead role anywhere, you are nuts. And if you do, I can almost guarantee you that you ended up at a company that has no idea what to expect from a true UX professional. It takes architects years to become architects. It takes scientists years to become scientists. Hell, even barbers and florists take longer to go through their respective courses to get a license to practice their careers. Why on earth would you assume UX is any different? The problem with truncating something as diverse and complex and nuanced as UX design into six months, unfortunately, means they're leaving a lot of stuff out. At best, you're getting a surface-level understanding And at worst, you're getting someone's idea of a mechanical process without really understanding the core tenets of why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. I see this come through in a lot of the portfolios I review. They're very mechanical. As if this designer is just checking a box. I did the research. I did the personas. I did a journey map. I did a low fidelity wireframe. I did a high fidelity prototype. I did usability study. The end. Why? Why do they do any of that stuff? They don't ever know. Or at least they don't explain. So I'm not saying boot camps are inherently bad. What I am saying is that if you are thinking of taking one or if you've done one already, please know that you are nowhere near done learning. You have to understand coming out of this program that you're only at the beginning and you have a lot of work still ahead of you before you can consider yourself an expert. Please, please, please remember that. I also think this is true for a bachelor's degree. You can definitely go more in depth with a four-year program. You might get a lot of hands-on experience. Hopefully you're getting internships or co-ops throughout the course of the program. But still, I think most people don't really understand and start learning until they start actually doing. Those theories are great. The concepts are great. But just know that the real world is often different from what you're presented in school. And with the truncated timeline of a boot camp, you're learning even less. So just be aware of that and don't have any unrealistic expectations. Before I go on, I really want to stress that I am not trying to keep people out of the UX profession. I think it's awesome that you're interested, and I think it's amazing that you're here. I do want to stress that this profession is not all sunshine and rainbows. It really does take a certain personality to be successful in this role. And if you're listening to the show, I think you've already got some qualities that I'm about to mention, so congratulations. So when you meet people for the first time, do you do all the talking, or do you just ask them a million questions? you ask a bunch of questions and you shut up and listen, (laughs) UX might be a natural fit for you. This is number one for a reason. It really is at the core of what we do. Our job is to solve problems. It's not to just design something. We try to understand why something is the way it is. What's at the core of the issue? How can we fix it? We do that by asking tons and tons of questions. If you're not a genuinely curious person, you're going to really struggle in this role. So obviously that leaves being able to talk to people. If you find that you are good at talking to people and people genuinely like talking to you or open up to you, then you're going to do just fine. This isn't a role where you can just go work alone in a corner. 
It requires lots of collaboration, and so you're going to have to talk. You're going to have to communicate with a lot of different types of people. Now, that's not to say you have to be an extrovert. I've worked with a ton of UX designers that would consider themselves introverts, but they did find ways to open up and talk. It may have just been a little more exhausting for them. If you find it natural to talk and have conversations with people, this may be a good job for you. And this goes for really any design role, whether it's graphic design, visual design, interior design, whatever. You got to have thick skin. The fact is that people are not going to go along with your recommendations simply because you're the designer. Lots of times, most of the time, people have their own ideas that don't align with yours. And sometimes you won't get your way. You have to be able to take feedback and work with it. Not everybody will appreciate or even like what you do. And you can't let criticism of your work get you down. So you got to be able to take some punches. If you find that you don't let things like that get to you, or if you can at least control it, you might be a good fit for this role. So this obviously ties into the one above, but if you don't let people constantly telling you no keep you from trying and trying again and again, you're on your way to being a good UXer. Like I said before, these boot camps often give a lot of people the idea that there is a correct and linear path to designing great software. And unfortunately, everyone else in your team missed that memo. Lots of times you're going to get told no. You're going to get left out of conversations. You're going to get told something totally different from what you believe is right. And if you don't let that stop you and you keep pushing forward, you might be a good UXer. I tell you what software teams hate. They hate a know-it-all asshole. Did I say software teams? I meant everybody. Everybody hates a know-it-all asshole. No one is going to listen to you simply because you are the UX designer. In this role, you cannot come in thinking that you have all the answers. You're going to find that you were wrong a lot. You have assumptions they will be wrong a lot. You think users will do something? They're going to do the opposite. You think your solution will test well? I promise you it won't. And hopefully not all the time, but some of the time, you're going to be wrong. You need to accept the fact that you do not know everything. And if you can approach a situation and know that you don't have all the answers and you aren't the smartest person in the room, well, you might have what it takes to be a good UX designer. This is a word we hear a lot in UX design, and it's there for good reason. Empathy. Our job as UX designers is to solve our users' problems. And in order for us to do that, we have to get to a point where we can put ourselves in their shoes. We have to be able to see the world from their perspective, from their point of view. We have to put aside all of those biases that we have and how we think or perceive the world in order to build software for people that are most likely nothing like us. And if you find that you can easily understand where other people are coming from, If you find that you tend to have compassion for people that aren't like you, well, you might just be a good human, but you'll probably also be a pretty good UX designer. Having empathy for our users doesn't do a whole lot if we can't get the rest of our team to understand it too. Being a great storyteller is critical. Remember that you're going to get a lot of pushback and you're going to get a lot of people who don't fully align with our priorities as UX designers. And a great way to take that empathy for our users and spread it is by telling a great story. Take those personas that we build and those empathy maps, and instead of just passing them along, throwing them over the fence, and expecting everyone to just get it, tell a great story. Make that story compelling so that everybody else cares as much as you do. If you can engage people with the ability to tell a great story, well, then you might be a great UX professional. And somewhat related to the last one is the ability to influence. Influencing skills are really important for this role. 
UX designers aren't building software alone. We often come up against a lot of constraints. We come up against a lot of people on our team who are not going to agree with us. And they're not going to give us money for research. They're not going to give us the time that we need to do to validate. They're not going to want to do a lot of the things that we think we should be doing. And we need to be able to influence other people on our team, sometimes stakeholders, sometimes executives, or people above us in the chain of command. And if you find that you have the ability to persuade people one way or another, hopefully for the better, this job may be a good fit for you. Kind of combining a few of these last ones is the idea that you have got to be a leader. You have to be someone that people look up to, that people want to follow. And you have to do that without actually officially managing anyone on paper. This role is often a marathon. It is not a sprint. And we often don't get to do what we want overnight. And if we want to guide our teams to get to a final destination a month, sometimes a year into the future, maybe more, we have to be able to lead our team along the way and guide them along that journey. And if you find that you can influence, inspire, guide, organize all those things that great leaders do, and if you can do that without an official mandate, even better, you might make a great UX professional. We pretty much never get to do everything we want. You have to understand your constraints. These could be technical, they could be monetary, they could be time, they could be personality, could be any number of things. Pragmatism is so critical for this role. You know, we can't just go in and design some blue sky app that's completely out of scope and expect our team to take us seriously. We really have to understand what our teams are capable of. We have to understand what's possible in that moment. And you may be able to use some of the storytelling and influencing skills that we talked about to move the needle one way or another. But if not, you have to know when you're beat and you have to know what you can do. If you're good at reading the room and understanding what you and your team are actually able to do without alienating anybody around you, then you might make a good UXer. You can't let perfect get in the way of the good enough. You cannot be a perfectionist. Sometimes we have to just move forward, knowing that we can come back and improve it later. Software is called soft for a reason. It's not hard. It's changeable. It's malleable. We can update it over time. If we aren't 100% happy with what we have today, then we can always go back later and improve it. We can iterate. That's the beauty of Agile, at least in theory. You're going to find that your QA team missed something. Or your software engineers have some styling that's off. Is it really worth fighting over that 10 pixel spacing discrepancy? Who knows? Pick your battles. No one to fight for something and no one to move on. Collaboration is so important. We are not the center of the universe. The impression I get from a lot of people coming out of different schools or boot camps is that the end result of everything that we do are simply high fidelity Figma prototypes. That's bullshit. The end result of everything that we do is to solve a problem for our users, and you don't solve problems with a high-fidelity Figma prototype. You solve problems when those amazing Figma prototypes actually make it into production for a user to use. Think about everybody involved with getting software to production, from the beginning to the end. Stakeholders, executives, maybe investors, product owners, program managers, product managers, front-end engineers, back-end engineers, Software architects, QA teams, probably other UX designers like researchers, copywriters, UX architects, product designers, interaction designers, visual designers, design system teams, and hopefully someone who knows a thing or two about accessibility is in there giving their opinions. You have got to work with any combination or permutation of these people. You are not doing this alone. You have got to collaborate with all kinds of different people or you will not get anything done, I promise. So if you find that you can collaborate and work well with other teams, then you might be a good UX designer.
So I think it goes without saying that all of the stuff that we're talking about here means one thing. High emotional intelligence is critical to being a good UX designer. If you are interested in other people and their feelings and their thoughts, if you're resilient, if you know where you need to improve, if you are aware of your feelings, then you might make a wonderful UX designer. Now, this last one, emotional intelligence, I want to give a shout out to Darren Hood. He has an entire series that he did about emotional intelligence and how it's so critical to being a really effective UX designer. I think a high EQ score, a high emotional intelligence is critical just in life in general, in the professional world in general. But really, when it comes to being a UX designer, it is so important to be able to understand your constraints, understand your self-limitations, understand how you react to other people and the feedback that you get, how we interact with users and stakeholders and our team and everything else. All of those things that we talk about here, I can't stress how important emotional intelligence is. It is so critical. Now, I'm not talking about it too much today, but if you want to, please, I would encourage you, go check out Darren's series where he talks about emotional intelligence. There's a lot of great stuff to unpack there. So look, if you have all these things that we talked about, that doesn't mean it's all smooth sailing. There are some things to be aware of as you start exploring jobs and land your first UX gig. The first thing is most companies really don't understand UX. I briefly touched on this before, but we have this thing in the industry, we call it the UX maturity score. It's a scale, one to six scale, of how well companies have effectively integrated UX into their processes. Now, the thing is that most companies rate about a three out of a six, and very few are at the high end of the scale. So be aware that a lot of companies are still learning how to use UX teams, and you probably won't get to do all the things you think you need to do. You'll probably get pushback. And this is, again, where all of those personality traits that we talked about come into play. Which leads me to my next one. There is no standard for UX in the corporate world, unfortunately. And this job is not like an architect or a doctor or a lawyer. There's no set rules to follow. There's no standard roles and responsibilities that companies will expect you to perform. There is no standard certification process. There's no board to review if one person knows what they're doing or if the company itself is using the teams in the right way. So this means that titles and actual responsibilities may completely vary across companies and sometimes is really difficult to know what to expect. So to see what I mean, go pull up five job descriptions for product designer. I'm willing to bet that they're all different. Some are going to say something about research. Some might say something about design systems. Some might specifically mention tools. But I'm willing to bet that most of them are very different. And the lower the company's UX maturity, the more of a problem this is. But of course, no company is going to post their UX maturity score on their homepage. So you really don't know unless you do your homework and you talk with current employers or past employees to see what they have to say. So go network. You probably won't be starting at the very beginning every time. You're probably getting a job as a UX designer to replace someone who just left. Or maybe you're augmenting a growing team. In either case, they've already started. And this means that you're picking up where somebody else left off. You're picking up somewhere in the middle. You're going to read through maps, personas, maybe interview notes. Hopefully they have some recordings of those interviews. You're going to figure out someone else's design files. You're just going to pick up where they left off. And not to say it won't ever happen, but a lot of times you aren't going to start from scratch. All those linear processes that you learned in school or your boot camp or in the book or in YouTube videos are not something you're going to normally do start to finish all the time. And because of various constraints, unfortunately, you probably won't do absolutely everything you think you're supposed to do. And this is why understanding why we do something is really important. In order to break the rules, we first have to understand why they exist. But sometimes you won't be able to... Sometimes you won't get to do upfront validation, so you have to use heuristics to design the best possible thing and test it later. 
Sometimes, and this happens way more than I like to admit, you won't get to talk to users at all because of gatekeepers, because management doesn't understand why you should, or because you schedule a meeting and they just don't show up, or because you don't have access in the first place. But sometimes you have to just do your best, push for some kind of validation at some point. I know it sucks, but this is often the reality, so just be aware of these things. Lastly, and I can't stress this enough, no one cares that you're the UX designer. People aren't going to just listen to you because you are the UX designer or you have UX designer in your title. You have to use all those skills that we talked about. Build strong relationships, build trust and influence to get what you want. Don't just show up on day one and just start yelling at people because the button in production was 10 pixels too far to the left. That's not going to get you where you want to be. So let's recap. Watch out for boot camps. Do your homework. Find a reputable boot camp before you go spending a ton of money. When you're finished the boot camp, know that you are only starting out on your journey. You are nowhere near done learning. Don't have any unrealistic expectations once you finish. Some traits that will make you a better UX designer include you need to have thick skin. You need to be resilient. You got to be curious. You need to be a leader. You have to be a great storyteller. You have to be able to influence people. You got to be able to talk to a lot of different people. Got to have empathy. You got to be humble. You got to be pragmatic. You got to be a good collaborator. And all this together means you have to have high emotional intelligence. Go check out Darren Hood's series where he talks about this on his podcast. It's really good and really worth listening to. Watch out for these things. Most companies have a low UX maturity score and they really don't understand UX, which means there are no set standards for roles across most companies. You will most likely get pushback from your team on a regular basis, so just be prepared for that. And people won't listen to you simply because you're the designer. So you'll have to use your influencing, storytelling, and leadership skills to move your team forward. You often won't be starting from the beginning, and many times you're going to be picking up where somebody left off right in the middle. You're probably not going to be starting from scratch. And you often don't get to do everything that you think you should. Well, all right, y'all, that's it for me for today. I hope to help give you a little bit of insight in what to really expect when you become a UX designer. Is there anything I'm missing? I'm curious, everybody out there, anybody got any thoughts? Am I missing something? What have you run into? Something on this list that I haven't thought about? Let me know what you think. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Shoot me an email at hello at beyonduxdesign.com. Hey, if you like what you heard today, don't forget, like, subscribe, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you feel like you're getting something out of the show, again, I would love it if you told some friends. Please leave a five-star review. That would help me out so much. Sign up for the newsletter and check out all the past episodes at beyonduxdesign.com. And make sure you check out the show notes for some links to Darren Hood's podcast where he talks about emotional intelligence. I really hope you check that one out. All right. I hope you keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. Until next time, I'll see you around. Take care. (laughs) 